WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by Special Light in Decatur and Benton Harbor. There's a good chance you've walked through a Special Light door when you go to a local restaurant, school, store, or plant. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. The Michigan House has approved a supplementary budget bill that includes federal dollars to fight COVID-19. State Representative Mary Whiteford of Casco Township says one plan is designed to ease the burden on hospitals. We have created a COVID early treatment fund with $50 million that establishes a minimum of one treatment site in all eight emergency preparedness regions of our state. $10 million must be set aside for local provider grants. A treatment site needs to offer testing and treatment at the same location, freeing up our hospitals from this responsibility. One billion dollars has been allocated for testing and antibody treatments. Whiteford says the bill also pays for vaccinations, testing in schools, and statewide emergency preparedness IT upgrades. School is expected to be back in session tomorrow at Lakeshore Public Schools after classes and after school activities were canceled today due to threats. The district sent an update to parents, providing more information on what happened. Superintendent Greg Edding writes, The threat found at the high school yesterday was written in marker on a plastic sandwich bag found in a restroom. It said, I will get a gun and kill you. The student who wrote it has since been identified and has confessed that student's no longer in school and going through the disciplinary process. The threat at the middle school involved a student who overheard two other students talking about a gun in a backpack, but there was no gun found. Additionally, a threat was identified at the middle school today involving a student who is talking about killing someone with a knife. That student's no longer in school and is being disciplined. The superintendent asks parents to talk to their kids and make them understand these kinds of threats or jokes are not acceptable and will lead to expulsion or criminal charges. As the U.S. House prepares to vote on raising the national debt ceiling tonight, Congressman Fred Upton is fully expecting it to pass. The matter will then go on to the House. I'm going to be voting no. The party in power generally has the responsibility to do this. When Republicans are there, usually there's some reforms, at least on spending, whether it's a freeze on certain accounts or different things that you can actually save money. Upton says the Democratic plan to raise the debt ceiling includes no such reforms. He says the Democrats have the vote to get the issue through, and although a debt default would be catastrophic, it's, quote, not going to happen. South Haven Area Emergency Services says the hospital in South Haven is full and it's having to take people outside of the area to be treated. Director Brandon Hinn told Channel 3 in Kalamazoo this week they had to take one accident victim to Grand Rapids. Bronson South Haven Hospital is listed as being 100% capacity. Bronson South Haven Hospital Chief Operating Officer Dr. Matthew Dahmer told the TV station the vast majority of its COVID patients are unvaccinated. He said the hospital's contacting hospitals as far away as Chicago or Traverse City to find out where patients can be transferred. Hinn says that Shays is in close contact with the local hospital to be kept aware of the latest developments. There will be a water resource fair in Benton Harbor on Thursday. The Michigan Department of Health and Human Services says it will give residents information on the resources available to reduce or eliminate lead from their homes. InterCare Community Health Network will be offering on-site blood testing For people of all ages, and there will also be health services, food assistance, water use instruction, nutrition options, and information on lead. Free bottled water will also be given out. Benton Harbor residents continue to be provided bottled water free of charge as an effort to replace lead water lines around the city continues. The resource fair is a partnership between the City of Benton Harbor, Berrien County Health Department, Michigan Eagle, and the State Health Department. It will be Thursday at the Benton Harbor High School from 4 to 7 p.m. 
The Historical Association of South Haven is purchasing the Forest House, a building constructed in 1853. Association President James Olgard tells us the Forest House, located at 313 Center Street, was used as a hotel. In the beginning, used by lumberjacks, it was originally located where Clemens is now located. About 1893-ish, it was moved from that spot and rotated so it faced onto Center Street. It was facing on Phoenix Street, as Clementine's does now. Olgard says it's now next to the restaurant. The top two floors haven't been used since around the 1960s, making it easier to preserve. That'll give us a location downtown. We want to preserve the building. That's a high priority. We don't want it torn down or disfigured. Olgard says the Historical Association will offer some of its programming at the property. A benefactor has made the purchase possible from the estate of Jack Cook, a longtime area CPA who died recently. The price tag is not being disclosed, and the sale is expected to take a few months. Olgard says the Historical Association has talked about buying the building for about 20 years, and he's glad to see it happening now. The St. Joseph Department of Public Safety is getting a drone. Director Steve Newbecker spoke to city commissioners Monday saying the department has received donations totaling about $11,400 for the device. He said that the department's looking to buy the same type of drone the Berrien County Sheriff's Department has, one that features thermal imaging to help with searches either for suspects or someone lost. It could be used in water rescues. Newbecker said having the same technology as the Sheriff's Department would enable officers from either agency to assist each other. Commissioners approved the purchase, which will cost a total of about And what's the status of the appointment and transaction backlog at the Michigan Secretary of State? Pointing to the Michigan legislature's pandemic-related expiration extensions as a reason why the logjam occurred, Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson gave an update today. There's no way to say definitively if the backlog itself is finished, especially as the pandemic continues, um, because we don't know if residents still plan to conduct transactions they skipped due to the pandemic. But we're confident that anyone who does need to access our branch offices can do so efficiently at a time of their convenience. uh, And we track that data daily to ensure that remains the case. With While highlighting department and branch improvements over the past year, Benson said the average office visit for state residents is 20 minutes. She said she's looking to add five additional mobile branch offices. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues. The House Select Committee investigating the Capitol attack has interviewed more than 300 witnesses so far and more continue to cooperate with the investigation. Among the latest, one of the lead organizers of the January 6th rally right before the deadly Capitol attack. ABC's Faith Abube has details. Justin Stockton arrived for his testimony before the House Select Committee with his lawyer in tow. The attorney, Josh Nass, telling reporters his client has nothing to hide. And that Stockton, who helped organize the January 6th rally, is turning over a slew of documents to the panel, including emails and text messages he exchanged with several key people. People that are very senior in the former president's orbit and... There are also uh, even lawmakers among them who I believe have good reason to be quivering in their boots. Earlier in the day, former National Security Advisor to Mike Pence, Keith Kellogg, was also seen entering the building. Faith Abube, ABC News, Washington. The Attorney General for Washington, D.C. announced a lawsuit against the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, and others involved in the January 6th attack at the Capitol. 
AG Carl Racine filed the civil lawsuit today and told reporters he's using a 150-year-old law that was enacted to dissolve the Ku Klux Klan. ABC's Aaron Katursky explains. What Carl Racine, the, the D.C. Attorney General, is saying that this is different. This is not just mere free speech, that this violates the Ku Klux Klan Act, which he referenced, and was meant to rid the country of, of the Klan. And it was used very effectively quite recently against those who planned the uh, 2017 Charlottesville uh, Unite the Right rally. The jury in Charlottesville awarded the plaintiffs more than $26 million in damages. At least 60 people were killed and dozens more injured after a gasoline tanker overturned and exploded in northern Haiti. The blast occurred shortly after midnight in the coastal city of Cap Haitian. Early reports indicate that the tanker was trying to avoid an oncoming motorcycle when it flipped. Onlookers then rushed to the scene with buckets to scoop up the tanker's cargo as it spilled toward a nearby pile of simmering trash. It's the latest tragedy to befall the Caribbean island following the July assassination of the president in a 7.2 magnitude earthquake a few weeks later. There's an update on the Oxford school shooting. The suspect's parents were in court today. Here's ABC's Derek Dennis. James and Jennifer Crumbly, parents of the 15-year-old suspect in the deadly Michigan school shooting, appeared in court shackled in prison uniforms and sitting just a few feet apart, their attorneys between them. They had a probable cause hearing on charges of involuntary manslaughter. For the November 30th rampage, their son is charged with carrying out at Oxford High. Prosecutors say the Crumbleys enabled their son, both sides asking and the judge agreeing to postpone the hearing till February to allow more time to collect evidence and interviews. Four students were killed, several others injured in the shooting. Derek Dennis, ABC News. The former director of a South Dakota appraiser agency says Governor Kristi Noem's administration departed from established practice and gave an extra opportunity to the governor's daughter to get a real estate appraiser license. Cherry Brun's testimony before a joint legislative panel examining the state's appraiser certification programs, the first time that Brun has spoken in depth in public about a meeting in the governor's mansion last year since the Associated Press first reported on it in September. The meeting occurred in July 2020, a week after the agency notified uh, Peters her application did not meet federal requirements and was headed for denial. In a new video statement, President Biden has marked the nine-year anniversary of the mass shooting at an elementary school in Newton, Newtown, Connecticut. ABC's Elizabeth Schulze has more from Washington. In a video released by the White House, President Biden mourned the 21st graders and six educators who lost their lives in the mass shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary School nine years ago today. No matter how long it's been, every one of those families relives the news they got that day. And the president said he's frustrated that Congress has been unable to pass legislation since then to reduce gun violence. We have to act. We can't give up. we got to get it done. Elizabeth Schulze, ABC News, Washington. O.J. Simpson is a free man. A Nevada State Police spokesperson said today the 74-year-old former football star and actor acquitted California murder defendant and convicted Las Vegas armed robber was granted good behavior credits and discharged from parole effective December 1st. Simpson's lawyer says his client declined an immediate interview. The lawyer also declined to talk about Simpson's future, including whether he intends to remain in Nevada. Simpson was acquitted in Los Angeles in the 1994 killings of his ex-wife and her friend and convicted in Las Vegas in October of 2008 of armed robbery. He served nine years in prison for leading several men in a confrontation with two sports collectible dealers. And another day, another list of awards nominations. More from ABC's Jason Nathanson. This is messy. You are messy. 
messy. A Beautiful Mess for Zola, the dark comedy about strippers and Twitter snagged the leading seven nominations for the Film Independent Spirit Awards, which recognizes movies made outside the studio system. Zola's up for best feature against the Italian drama A Chiara, Joaquin Phoenix's Come On, Come On, Maggie Gyllenhaal's The Lost Donner, and the coming-of-age sports thriller The Novice. Last year's Spirit Award winner, Nomadland, went on to win Best Picture at the Oscars. The Film Independent Spirit Awards will be given out March 6th. Jason Athenson, ABC News, Hollywood. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.